I'm Maida Getman, and welcome to Infertility Crossroads. I'm a mom to donor-conceived twins, and I went through eight rounds of fertility treatment before finally becoming pregnant with my two girls. I'm also a donor conception coach and founder of The Donor Downlow, a self-paced online program for people who are at the crossroads of donor conception and wondering which path is right for them. Perhaps you're like me, you thought having a baby would be easy, yet here you are every day, week, and month having to make big, scary, and radical decisions about what your future might look like. I call it the infertility crossroads. Whether you're just getting started on your fertility journey, have been trying for years, or are headed down an alternative path, you are welcome here. Join me each week where I will walk alongside you through all the infertility crossroads. Let's dive in. Hello, my friend. Welcome back to Infertility Crossroads. I'm Maida Getman, and I have a confession for you today. My confession is sometimes I wonder if the reason why I struggled with infertility and ultimately had shitty eggs and had to go the donor egg route was because of environmental toxins. I won't ever know the answer for sure, and honestly, it's not something that I dwell on, but it is something I've become more aware of over the past 10 years and is something that I'm working on eliminating in my own life. And I wanted to talk about that today in more depth. We hear it all the time, contaminants in the air, water, food, skincare, makeup, they're all causing issues in our body. It can get really overwhelming and it can be hard to know what's real and what the data says or if the data is being twisted to scare us into doing something or trying some new product. But I do think that there's enough data now to show that certain chemicals can be harmful to our health, both short and long-term. And I do think that being mindful of what we put in and on our bodies, along with the environments that we're in, can make a difference when it comes to our reproductive health. I also think that companies and governments and all of those people who we think are protecting us, I think are trying to, but they're not doing the best job that they possibly can. Now, I'm not going to get into a political discussion about that, but I just have to say that I think that there's more going on than what maybe we're being told or that even we know. Now, before we go any further, I want to say this. We are all doing the absolute best we can. And I 100% believe that infertility is not our fault. I also believe that we can do everything right, eliminate toxins, put ourselves in the best environments, take all the supplements, do all the acupuncture, eat all the right foods, exercise the right way, and we will still struggle to have a baby. This isn't about doing something perfectly or blaming ourselves when our cycles fail. I want to be very clear about that. I think this is about controlling things that we control we can control and doing the things we can do that are within our budgets, our mental capacities and our abilities to do the best we can. And doing the best we can does not mean perfection. It means taking small steps and making small changes to help us in the long term. 
So if you're sitting here listening to this episode and you start to think yourself, oh, if only I did X, then I'd get pregnant. Please know that that's not true. And I don't believe that. And that's not the intention of this episode. Okay. Okay. Off my soapbox. Let's get into the actual content of what I wanted to talk to about today. So we know that there are certain chemicals that can disrupt our endocrine system. These are called endocrine disruptors. Pretty good name. They are any chemical made outside of our bodies that can impact or affect the body in some way. A lot of times they act like hormones in our body, or they can attach to receptors that other hormones in our body are attaching to. And these chemicals are found everywhere. Plastics, products we use on our skin, laundry detergent, food, water, cleaning products. Honestly, they're everywhere. Some common ones that you've probably heard of are pesticides, BPA, phthalates, and parabens. Unfortunately, and especially if you live in the U.S., a lot of these chemicals are not banned by our lawmakers in ways that protect us. So we have to take our own action and make conscious choices when it comes to the products and the things that we use on a day-to-day basis. But this is also good news because we can control what products we choose to use and we can limit our exposure the best we can. When I first learned about endocrine disruptors and the impacts that chemicals had in my life and on my body, I was really overwhelmed. It felt like there was so much to learn, so much to change, and it was a lot. So instead of tackling it all at once, I started slow. And the area that I felt like I could make the biggest impact and the biggest difference for me personally was in my makeup and my skincare. And you know, this is interesting to me. For as long as I can remember, I struggled with hormonal acne. My face would break out all the time. I was seeing the dermatologist and getting peels done. I was on prescription medications, you name it. And so when Michael and I started to try to get pregnant, one of the medications I was on, I had to come off of it because you couldn't be on that medication safely during pregnancy. And what happened is that my hormones went crazy and my acne was flaring. And I'm talking painful, ugly, gross stuff on my face. Not only was I just self-conscious, but I also was like actually in pain. I started trying all the creams and the serums and the peels and all the stuff, anything I could find, and they never worked. As I read more about endocrine disruptors, such as parabens and phthalates, I learned that these chemicals were in almost all of the skincare and makeup products I was using. I started to wonder, could some of these chemicals that were in the skincare and makeup that I was using to try to make my acne look better and be better, could those have been actually causing them? I don't really know, but I decided to start making changes in these products to see if it would help. And guess what? It was really slow, but eventually switching products without these chemicals not only reduced my exposure to the chemicals themselves, but my skin started to clear up. Slowly but surely, I started to switch over the makeup I used, and now I'm starting to slowly change the laundry detergent and the cleaning products we're using in our house. Now, listen, I'm not doing it perfectly by any means, 
but I believe any step towards reducing me and my family's exposure is a step in the right direction. If you're interested in making some of these types of changes in your own life, here's some of my tips to get started. One, start small. Think of the one thing you can do that feels easy. Some suggestions are to get rid of your plastic water bottles and only use glass or stainless steel. Switch out your food storage containers from plastic to glass or stainless. Maybe it's just changing your laundry detergent the next time it runs out. For me, it was slowly changing over my skincare and makeup because I used these things every single day. And also because I had the hormonal acne that was, I think, a sign that I had some endocrine disruptors happening in my, in my skincare routine. Number two is once you change something and feel comfortable and good about that change, change something else that feels easy. Small changes over time really add up. And remember that every small change you make will make it start feeling easier. Over time, you'll slowly reduce your exposure more and more. And then number three is there are some awesome and really great resources out there to check the products you have to see how they impact your health. I like EWG. It's called Environmental Working Group, and they have an app called Healthy Living that you can look products up on, and then it gives you a ranking so you can make an educated decision. The nice thing about EWG is that it doesn't say, don't use this product or this one's amazing. It says like, hey, on a scale from one to 10, here's the rating and here's why. That way you can decide, does this matter to me? Yes or no. If it does, great, choose something else. If it doesn't, great, choose that. It really is something that's empowering and helpful without making you feel bad. I've linked their website and the app in the show notes for you to check out. Lastly, I wanted to share a few products with you that I've personally used and have really liked if you're looking for a place to start. For skincare, I use Primally Pure, and their products honestly have changed my life. I talked about the hormonal acne and how my skin was horrible and how now my skin is really clear and healthy. I use their cleansing oil, their cleansing bars, their serum, their face masks, and their deodorant. Primally Pure's mission is to create products that use real ingredients found in nature for maximum purity and potency, and to use the fewest amount of ingredients possible. I'm going to link some of my favorite products in the show notes if you want to give them a try. For makeup, I've been using Beauty Counter for for a few years now. Beauty Counter is a great company and They not only create high quality makeup and skincare products, but they're also really helping to change the laws in the U.S. to help protect all of us from harmful chemicals in our beauty products. I mostly use their eyeliner, their tinted moisturizer, and their eyeshadow. And then recently, like I said, I've been switching over cleaning products in our house, and I recently switched over to Branch Basics, and I'm loving it. Branch Basics uses plant-based ingredients to clean your home, and it's also really cool because you get a bottle of concentrate, and then depending on how much water you mix in determines what it cleans. So not only am I reducing harmful toxins, but I'm also reducing waste, which feels pretty good too. I've added links in the show notes and on my website to all of these products if you want to check them out. 
Eliminating toxins is not perfect, but it is one of the things that you can do to have some control over your environment, what's going in and on your body. And if you're looking for something or a way to make a change, hopefully my suggestions in this episode helped. That is it for me today. I'm going to see you next week on Infertility Crossroads. Before you go, I have a few things I want to share with you. Continue the conversation with me on my Instagram page at Maida Getman. I love connecting with people and I would love for you to join me there at M-E-T-A-G-E-T-M-A-N on Instagram. If you just learned that using a donor might be your path to becoming a parent, or if you have an inkling that donor conception is the path for you, head to my website, www.medagetman.com slash podcast and download my free PDF donor decision guide. This resource is packed full of questions to consider if you are even thinking about using a donor. That's metagetman.com slash podcast. Lastly, I am not a doctor, a psychologist, a nutritionist, or a professional in the area of fertility. I am a person who has gone through infertility, has learned a lot along the way, and wants to share my learnings with you. Please do not substitute what you hear on the show for professional advice. That's what the pros are for. If you want to learn more about my terms and conditions, go to my website, madeagetman.com.